Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And this week we have a very special guest joining us to discuss the 2003 Will Ferrell movie, Elf. We had to romance corner and talk about Zoe Deschanel and Will Ferrell. Do they belong together? We talk about the general fatigue of watching Will Smith for an hour and a half. Oh, and except oh. it's not Will Smith, it is Will God. Ferrell. And uh, Nate was the Leave first one in. to say Will Smith, and that's why it incepted into my mind, and I said it in the intro. We're joined by a special guest as he discussed the magic and the behind the scenes. We already, I already said that. I said that okay. at the beginning. Okay. I'm going to keep all that in. That'll be a good intro. Just say all okay. this and more. Okay. Uh, all this and more movies on the side. Thank you. It's like by Grabthar's Hammer, I Will Avenge Thee. Today we have a very special guest here to review the 2003 movie Elf, starring Will Ferrell, Jason Aten. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me to talk about the best Christmas movie ever. Whoa, okay, coming out the gate. Now hold on, hold, hold on a second. Yeah, hold on a second. there's going to be, there's going to be um, uh, a certain piquant to this episode because <laughs> wow, I have. You're going to make me Google a word. Okay, some thoughts, Jason. Oh my goodness. Okay. So first of all, typically we do a Rotten Tomatoes guessing. Now, did did you cheat, Jason, or are you unaware of the Rotten Tomato score? Ooh, I am not aware of the Rotten Tomatoes okay, score. Okay, perfect. So, Jason, what do you think critics gave the Christmas movie Elf? I'm going to say, do I have to give it an exact number? I'm going to say like 83%. Oh my goodness. They gave it 85%. Okay. That was very close. Very close. Audience, what do you believe they gave it? Mm, 90 Mm-hmm. Audience gave it 79%. Okay. Which I identify as the 21% not in that 79. <laughs> because like Nate was kind of alluding to, I'm not crazy about this as a Christmas movie. And so I will give, a, you know, typically we talk about maybe our exposure to this movie or our history with it. And so I will say, I did not see this movie for a long time after it was released. This It was released in 2003 which just to date myself, I was still in high school. And for some reason, it never crossed my path as a, just like a Christmas movie to watch. I was still rewatching the Santa Claus and Home Alone and Christmas movies like that. So I didn't see this for literally years after it was released. And then all the zeitgeist, everybody's saying, bye buddy, hope you find your dad. Like everyone's saying all these quotes and I don't even know what it's from. And I have years of that. And then I see it, I don't know, like five or six years ago. Like I saw this movie long after it came out and maybe that colored my, my feeling about it. But as a Christmas movie, I think it's fine. I think it's fine, but it is not my favorite. Jason, can you tell us your history with this movie? So I didn't see it when it came out either, to be honest. And I don't. Rem- I've probably seen it about a dozen times. Would imagine the first time I saw it was probably eight or eight or ten years ago. I've always been a big Will Ferrell fan. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's hilarious, and I can't imagine anybody else in this role. Although this role is interesting in that it's sort of like all of the absurd things about Will Ferrell, but innocent, <laughs> right? It's mm, yeah. It's, it's still ridiculous, but it's not like obscene or grotesque right i mean i'm thinking I, this super side quick side note i had only ever seen the tv version of Step Brothers, and then one night i sat down and i told my wife we should watch Step Brothers, and it was not oh. the tv version and i'm oh, like no, no. wow this is a bad movie <laughs> so we, we <laughs> yeah i've never seen it for that reason because i know we actually stopped watching yeah. it. <laughs> anyway it's bad 
and I, I will make my case. The reason I started with that is that my the impetus for this episode was that I tweeted at you guys That's that right, I couldn't yes. believe you had not dedicated an episode to mm-hmm. the greatest Christmas movie of all time. So, oh my goodness, when you invited me on, I assumed you both agreed. That seemed like <laughs> no, offer no. and acceptance right there. But anyway, no, it was. It's more like a trap we laid for you, Jason. <laughs> and it, we'll like, oh yeah, yeah, come on in, come on in, come on in. Door yeah. slams behind you. <laughs> it's like an escape room. Okay. Yep. All right. But. That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you okay? You have boldly claimed this is your favorite uh, Christmas movie. Uh, Nate, history of this movie. My history is the opposite of both of you. I think I saw this movie, I believe, in theaters when wow. it came out. Okay, and then I saw it a lot with a group of friends. I felt like I was part of the wave, and people loved it, and it was playing in hangouts Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. thankfully it wasn't a scary movie i've talked before about how i feel i was peer pressured to watch a lot of horror movies Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. thankfully it's not one of those but i have had a lot of uh interactions with this movie except i probably watched it i don't know uh four or five times in the first couple years after it came out Mm. but probably since 2008 i have not seen this movie so i watched it this week with fresh new eyes yes as a mature adult (laughs) and so that is my interaction with elf so i will say the premise of this movie is interesting because you know christmas movies can fall into a lot of similar themes or whatever and i think it is unique in that sense i mean i I could be wrong I i don't know of another christmas movie that's like this that came before it with this kind of plot and so it's interesting but i don't i don't know what it is maybe it's like you were saying, Jason, it's Will Ferrell, but clean. And I guess to me, it feels like Will Ferrell clean is like fake Will Ferrell. It's like Will Ferrell, like, but not really him. Cotton candy Will Ferrell. Like he has funny things, you know, him going through the revolving door. And when he finds out his dad's on the naughty list and he screams, like, I think he, he like, he is funny. Like Will Ferrell is obviously funny. Can't wait to see my dad. We're, we're going to go ice skating and, and eat sugar plums. Yeah, that's the other thing I wanted to talk to you about. Your father. Well, he's on the naughty list. No! It is different. You're right. But again, remember, I'd only seen the TV version of Step Brothers. So I thought that like Will Ferrell wasn't necessarily. And beyond that, it was like George Bush impersonations. So I hadn't necessarily been. Even, you didn't see like, Talladega Nights? Even Talladega Nights, though, is not. It's not as bad. Yeah, It's not nearly no, the right. same level. And Anchorman is not nearly the same level. To yeah, be honest. it's true. So putting those things into context. But keep in mind, Will Ferrell did this movie before he did any of those things. I think right. the only movie he'd done is Night at the Roxbury before this. And, oh, and Old School, which actually I don't. It came out like right before it. Mm. But before this, he was just the weird guy on on SNL, uh, SNL. But all of the characters he played on SNL had that same sort of kind of naivety, innocent, whatever kind of characteristic. And so it wasn't that big of a leap. He'd never obviously led a movie. But I, I can't think of anybody else who could have possibly played this role i think there's actually a great documentary on netflix well they did a series called the movies that made us Mm -hmm. and one of the episodes is devoted to elf it's really good Mm. but apparently the person they wanted to play this role was chris farley i don't know what this movie would have been (laughs) or jim carrey i don't know what this movie would have been had it been either of them so you needed that that quality i agree with you it is different from what we have come to expect from will ferrell but that is one of the things i really like about it i like to see an actor do something that's a little bit different and yet so 
so fits their capabilities, right? You know, both the physical comedy and the improv and those types of things. Will Ferrell just excels at that particular right. genre. So I don't know. I feel like it was. I don't. I can't think of anybody else doing it. So I think that Will Ferrell's performance in this is so right down the middle for Will Ferrell. It is his lane for sure. Yeah. That I think if you were to drop someone who has never heard of Will Ferrell before plopped them in front of this movie and said, hey, watch this. Hmm. I actually think it would go well for them. I think they would say like, oh, this guy's great. This guy's funny. Mm -hmm. To me, personally, I think Will Ferrell falls in the sort of Melissa McCarthy, do one thing really well, then do it in a lot of different ways for many years. And eventually I get fatigued Mm. by the shtick that I think that... Like, you think it doesn't age well? Like this movie doesn't age well? No, I no, I think if you've seen it a lot, I don't know. There's something about his character in this movie. Let's talk about Buddy the Elf by Will Ferrell. <laughs> yeah. He is in some ways like, you know, he's an SNL character in this. He's over the top. If you just think plot wise, which I know we shouldn't think too hard about this, but like he is raised by Papa Elf, Bob Newhart. Which I love. Who is. He's great in this movie. Who is great. And most importantly, I told him where his father was, in a magical land called New York City. His emotions and the emotions of the other elves are ones of like what we would call mature adult behavior. Bob Newhart is like experiences the whole range of emotions, is sad, is, you know, like a concerned parent. And so it's not like he's raised in a place where elves are like sweetly sick. Um, smiley all the time and pretty much naive of everything. And yet I find it strange that he comes to New York and has the emotional intellect of a, what are we saying? Like a six year old. Mm. And I don't know. I find that shtick, which is fun for a little bit, a little exhausting during this movie because Will Smith plays it. Well, you just said Will Smith and I love that. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. Now, Will Smith in this movie. Now, that would be good. (laughs) I would would watch that movie. Now, hold on. I just think Will Ferrell's physical comedy is top notch. I really think Mm -hmm. in this movie, you can't beat the step onto the escalator resulting in the splits, like the ways that he hops around on the mattresses. Like a bunch of his physical comedy is great. But I get exhausted by Will Ferrell in this movie doing his, like, I, hi, daddy, hi, <laughs> I, I love you, you're my best right. friend, right. I'm singing a song to my dad, I'm singing, I'm in a store, and I'm singing, I'm in a store, and I'm singing, hey! there's no singing in the North Pole, yes there is, that is great in an SNL skit, but I get exhausted by it in this, and mm. I remember watching it now, at the scene at the end where he is not in it because he's fixing the sleigh and it's just the kid and the reporter and all the other people that I was like, oh, I really like this part. And then I realized, oh, it's because I haven't seen Will Ferrell on screen for a while. <laughs> and like I, that was kind of something. So 
it's a little bit i mean what do you guys think about like the character buddy the elf do you find him lovable do you find him as somebody that you would want to bring in your home like james con does in this movie well he doesn't do you find want to, him as someone that like, does he bring out the christmas cheer in you well just to be clear it was sonny corleone that brought him into his house let's i mean james <laughs> that's one of the things i love about this um movie though is and I, i'm going to answer your question but you have will ferrell in really his first big movie like this mm-hmm. and it's still his mm-hmm. second highest grossing film he's ever made okay mm-hmm. second or third maybe and it was directed by a guy no one had ever heard of you know john favreau, favreau, john favreau is, who i did not know that which is amazing is now a bajillionaire who the only thing he'd done before that is co-star with vince vaughn in swingers and played monica's billionaire turned ufc fighter boyfriend on friends <laughs> who later made iron man and the mandalorian and basically everything that anyone cares about right and he, they, they they hired him because they couldn't they literally couldn't get ron howard or steven spielberg so they hired john favreau <laughs> wow Okay, wow. and then you have James Kahn, who was Sonny Corleone, and I can't think of the name of the guy he played in Misery, like <laughs> playing Buddy the Elf's dad. You had yeah, you already yep. mentioned Bob Newhart, Ed Asner. I mean, this is like kind of mind blowing that they were actually able to pull this thing off because nobody had heard of any of like the the guy who wrote it, the producers. Like, it's kind of mind blowing. And when you put those things together, I just want to throw that out there that you have to have a like our eyes only see movies now based on the experience we've had since then. But when you mm. like when you think about what they actually made, I think it's pretty cool. But the later we can talk about James Kahn's sleepwalking performance through this movie. <laughs> because I feel like they cap <laughs> they kidnapped that man and forced him to be in this movie. And I'm still not <laughs> sure he knew <laughs> what he was in. But carry on. Two whole pages are missing. The story doesn't make any sense. Well, you think some kid's gonna notice two pages? I mean, they, all they do is look at pictures. But does he it exhaust me? I think no, it doesn't. There are times when I just, I, my mind is like, he's eating cotton balls. Like, how did you get an act? What did you have to do? And he probably just did that all on his own. Right. And I do agree with you that it is a little bit, it is a little bit suspense, suspension of disbelief because you have this character. You're right. All the other elves are kind of normal. You have um, Peter Billingsby who played Ralphie, who is one of those elves. From Christmas Story. Yeah. Yes, from a Christmas Story. He makes his, and he's the one who asks Buddy how he's doing with the extra. And he, then he makes fun of him, right? So where did this innocence come from? Because clearly he didn't get it from his dad, who know is a jerk. Right. He didn't get it from the elves. So I totally understand that. But when you think about it in terms of like, this is essentially Tom Hanks in Big, right? He is a child in an adult body, that's the character. He's George of the Jungle. Have you ever seen that yeah. movie? He's, he's a Fraser. Yeah, he's a classic fish out of water. And I found this out not that long ago, but the whole impetus for that character is Rudolph. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I think it was David Birnbaum who wrote it, and then Favreau, when he was thinking about taking it on, were so inspired by the Rankin-Bass Christmas classics, mm. meaning Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, who is like the original sort of Christmas fish-out-of-water story. Doesn't fit in. He's a misfit. Mm. He's sort of made fun of, and he kind of has to go off on his own, discover himself. And when so when you think about it, like, that is not a new Christmas. You asked, like, you've never seen a character like this in a Christmas movie, except for, like, Rudolph. We just don't think about it. Until then, you think about, like, the North Pole, all of the stop-motion animation for all of those animals. You know, the the narwhal, which is where you quoted the line from, yes. you know, I hope you find your dad, right? Which, by the way, was John Favreau's voice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. Jason, that was a great impression just then. <laughs> yeah, that was a well good one. It sounded very good. Bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. Thanks, Mr. Narwhal. Thank you. So anyway, I practiced beforehand. I come prepared. 
I did my research. <laughs> He's staring at the they... mirror in the bathroom. Yep. I read in the trivia that the movie, the 1964 movie, is not properly copyrighted because they messed up the Roman numerals <laughs> in the copyright for that movie. That's why they're able to have like that silver and gold with Leon, the snowman and all that yep. stuff. They could just rip that because the movie wasn't protected right by copyright. <laughs> That's well, and it wasn't just that. Like Will Ferrell's costume in the movie is literally just a direct ripoff. Whoa. Uh, so is Jovi at the end. Like if you look at it, every single scene is a direct ripoff and, they, and new line cinema oh almost goodness. didn't want to release the movie because they were so worried about getting sued. But as you just <laughs> mentioned, apparently it wasn't a problem. <laughs> Whoa. Right. All that trivia just makes me like the movie more. There you but. go. <laughs> right. And the fact that Sonny Corleone is the, <laughs> and Pete, anyway, yeah. I'm sorry, but your question was, do I get tired of it? And I didn't. And part of it is because you, the physical comedy is just, in my opinions, so my favorite scene. And I asked my daughter this morning what her favorite scene. And I don't know if she said this because she knows it's my favorite scene and she's a good daughter. So she just agreed with me or if it's true, <laughs> but the scene in the bathroom when he runs into the locker is one of the funniest to me scenes yeah. of any when she's singing and she's like get out close you know don't look at me get out and he just yeah, runs yeah. smack into that like that to me there's no way that that was blocked that's just pure will ferrell right that part of it is a very good part of that an otherwise troubling troubling scene when you really <laughs> break down but we'll talk about that in a second what did you guys think about the the eating the gum off the railing because that still oh my goodness to this day i remembered it from when i used to watch it yeah to this day that i thought of steven because steven has a yes a, a weaker stomach for you know publicly touched things steven did you uh put on some sort of uh family filter that no. took that scene out I knew it was coming. My thought was he didn't listen to his dad. His dad told him, don't eat the gum. Or Santa. Santa, one of Santa. them. They said, yeah, they said, don't eat the gum. Well, they said off the street. So maybe he found a loophole because it wasn't technically on the street. It was on poles. But yeah, he said it wasn't I, mean, free. I mean, I have one child who would probably likely do that. Or at least he has told me he has done it in the past when I didn't notice. So yeah, I do want to uh, answer the question, Nate. I think that is one of the reasons why I struggle to like this movie is, is the Will Ferrell fatigue? There are moments when you get a break from Will Ferrell, like when we spend some time with James Conn in his office, and then we mm -hmm. cut to Will Ferrell in the mailroom, and he's like turned all these like mailroom guys over. You know, I think those are fun moments. But when you have like many minutes of unbroken Will Ferrell, uh, that's going to be the title of my memoir, Unbroken Will Ferrell. Uh, I think it's... It gets a little tiring, but I do want to say, since we talked about Zoe Deschanel for a moment, I would like to state that because I didn't see this movie when it first came out, I thought for years that this movie starred Katy Perry because I did not know <laughs> Zoe Whoa. Deschanel. I did not Whoa. know Zoe Deschanel was in this movie, and I, just for a long time, I, I just thought they were the same person, and I, thought, I just thought it was all Katy Perry. But no, Romance Corner. Are we doing Romance Corner? I think we need to do Romance Corner, and I will just like to state i think zoe deschanel is a wonderful actress and she has a wonderful voice and i like her in pretty much anything she is in including iphone commercials i think she was in a couple iphone commercials back in the day well, that was katie perry no 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 i think it was zoe deschanel <laughs> i kid i kid you're not gonna get me oh also side note elf is will ferrell's second highest grossing movie second only to the lego movie which I don't know if you want to call that a Will Ferrell movie, but... Uh, he does not carry that movie. Yeah, he does not carry that movie. But anyway, Zoe Deschanel, I like her as in everything. I also like her in this movie. 
I think she brings a breath of fresh air into it. Uh, but Romance Corner, I don't know about the two of them. Like, I don't know if I believe them. What, mm, Nate, I, Nate, you just made a sound. What yeah, you yeah. Do you want to go eat food? Do I, do I want to eat food? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the code. Okay, favorite people for me to see in this movie. Mm-hmm. Zoe Deschanel, mm-hmm. for sure. Bob Newhart. Bob Newhart is probably sec- probably first, then Zoe Deschanel, <laughs> and then probably like randomly after that is the like the reporter woman, um, and all of the stuff that she has to go through in Central Park. But Zoe Deschanel is so delightfully quirky, yes, and so like her looks around, her awkward looks are great. Her voice is amazing. Uh, she brought. Before Baby It's Cold Outside, we all went, oh, wait, <laughs> terrible premise. But before that happened, back in the early 2000s, <laughs> she brought this that song all back. Yeah, there are a lot of things done in this movie that could not play today. That's correct. That's yes. correct. I think she is great as a human. But when we talk about her romance with Buddy, mm-hmm. I do think after someone scares you while you're singing in the shower, mm. I'm not sure you can never have a relationship with that person. Mm. I think after that moment, I think I think the whole date, I think them, like, I would say it's not even his childlike joy. It might be his childlike intellect that it feels like, well, I'm not sure if you got something there to have a, a romantic relationship with mm. at mm-hmm. the end. So I find that somewhat unbelievable. It takes me back to the Tom Hanks big conundrum of the paradox and you have a scene with you may be in the adult of a, you know, the body of an adult but i don't know kind of how that should work uh going the other way i find her liking him romantically a bit unbelievable oh by the way number four in my favorite characters is that mall manager <laughs> who comes in like corporate Store came manager. in it's too good of decorations we got, <laughs> if yes. i go down you're all going down have you seen the place? Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. It's a little too good. Corporate must have sent in a professional. I don't know why somebody's gunning for my job. But look, let's remain a team, okay? Because if I go, we all go. Okay, but there's something you have to know about that character, which is my one of my favorite things about this, is that do you know what the name on his name tag is? Wanda. And do you know why? Originally, they had cast and were planning on Wanda Sykes to play that character <laughs> and she wasn't available. And so he did them a favor, but they had the name tag that said Wanda. And so he just wore it. What? So good. <laughs> they couldn't reprint so a good. name tag. <laughs> they had a name tag for him. Now the interesting thing about that is would Wanda Sykes, character have been named Wanda? I don't know, but his character is absolutely named Wanda. <laughs> and so that's, wow. that, I think that part of the whole thing is, is he is, is great. so good. Uh, he is very, very good. I truly laugh at most of his lines in this movie yeah he's pretty funny but jason romance corner you believe them okay so that's a that is probably one of my minor gripes about this is that it doesn't feel like there's quite enough space between when she looks at him and says do you like the view or something like that when she's up there and he says i'm just glad that you have an appreciation for elf culture and i'm like well first of all does buddy know any of those words besides the elf like i don't i don't know if i buy that (laughs) and then and then at some point the the um his what is it half brother says to him you know ask her out for food or dinner you know go on a date and and like that's all it took like there doesn't feel like there's quite enough space for the romance and he looks at her and says you know the code and winks and it's like if i heard that while i was being asked out be like oh he's gonna murder me 
<laughs> this, is, this is a murder thing. But I do think that when she came back the next morning, not so in between there, when she comes back the next morning and sees what he's done with the place, she realizes there's something different about him. But to your point, I'm not sure that the indication should have been that the thing that's different is good. <laughs> right? There's definitely something different about this guy. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's actually telling that they filmed all of that in a mental institution no joke they really did film all of those scenes in an abandoned mental institution and Whoa. in but I, yeah but i'm wondering if like there isn't quite enough development of their relationship i think it works for the because it's not a romantic comedy like that's sure. not the point of the story but i right. would agree that her skepticism i love i love everything yes. about her character i love the way she plays it she softened up pretty quick and there doesn't seem like yeah. How? Right. <laughs> what happened here? I really think that there could have been a a small tweak. He could still be doing peak Will Ferrell things and be a little bit more develop a little bit more in discovering things about the world and being a more of a mature adult emotionally. Like he can still put all the syrup he wants on his spaghetti uh, and do all of that gross stuff. I mean, like he interacts with a bunch of elves. He lives in a community. Yeah, like the fact that he's that he has this like, I don't know, I have a warm feeling inside. <laughs> it's like, all right, yeah, hold yeah. on a second. You are <laughs> truly like 40 years old in real time. Why don't you right. have any of this? To Jason's point, this is not a romantic comedy. It's not, yeah, it's not the point of it. But I guess I would say the main arc of the movie is we're supposed to see James Khan as the father transition from this hard-nosed business person with a black heart like myself mm. into someone uh, who you know just loves his family more like realizes he wants to spend time with his family do we believe the arc of James Khan from that you know heartless business magnate to someone who actually wants to maybe be a dad to Will Ferrell okay I think I do and and here's I want to comment on that but I also want to just pick up you talked about the spaghetti in the morning type thing and I, I actually want to say that to me that's one of the things that gets me because will ferrell does such a great job not just with the physical comedy but with these subtle little shifts so for example when he's trying to serve his dad spaghetti and walter says i'll stick with coffee and buddy tries to play it off like it's no big deal as he's dumping the spaghetti back in the pot and then <laughs> he pulls out the etch-a-sketch right and he's got all the things he's going to do with them which it's kind of weird that you wanted to snuggle with your dad at the end of the day but whatever anyway <laughs> walter turns him down again and so he just shakes it but there's this look kind of like eh, it's cool like no big deal i'm not really going to be sad about this but you can tell yeah, yeah. will ferrell just has this look like he's devastated because some all, good face acting but for sure. all he wants to do is just the whole premise of the movie is he wants to spend time with his dad right, right? and i will be honest that's i think one of the reasons that i i like this movie so much as i can actually relate to the walter hops character sometimes where it's so easy to be focused on the things that you have to do so easy to just go back to work so easy to do all those things and and we have our youngest last year for Christmas, it gave him a coupon book for wrestling. Like really, it's just a piece of paper that has all these coupons for wrestling. Like, and he, cause he loves to wrestle and he'll come in my office and I'm in the middle of something and he'll just wave a coupon at me. Right. And there wow. are so many times when I'm like, hang on. Yep. We can do that later. And as I watch this movie, I just think to myself, like, is my son having that same, like, it's oh cool, dad, goodness. no big deal. Right. And he's only, Whoa. and he's only seven. And so he's pretty resilient. <laughs> he's not a 40 year old elf man. <laughs> I mean, that is so hard 
heartwarming what you just said? Yeah, is that okay. when you like type in the email up yours and, and leave the email? Is that is that what happens next? I have to go. I have to go wrestle. So I can kind of relate. Like he's in that meeting and he's got to go. You know, his son, his other son, younger son comes in and and he's trying to decide what to do. And I'm I'm glad that he made the decision that he made because it's like yes, we should all make that decision. Mm. I don't know that we should all just quit our job, but <laughs> right. but clearly he didn't. He wasn't really that good at that job. He's shipping books with pages missing. Right. <laughs> yeah, he was bad at his job. He, he brings in Peter Dinklage, who, what? by the way, is amazing, right? Peter Dinklage <laughs> yes, is number yes. five in my favorite characters. So I suggest you wipe that stupid smile off your face before I come over there and smack it off. You feeling strong, my friend? Call me Elf one more time. He's an angry elf. My children walk around. He's an angry elf all the time. Doesn't <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't matter if I'm if I'm in a bad mood, I can just hear them whisper to each other, he's an angry elf. Wow. That's pretty <laughs> I don't funny. even know how to respond to that. But I do have one I do have one gripe, other gripe that I really just feel like has to be mentioned. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Buddy walks into his dad's office for this t- first time after getting off of the elevator where he pushes all the buttons and the guy is standing there and gives him kind of this, oh bless your heart, kind of a look. By the way, I was in New York City last week and nobody's ever given me that look. Right. <laughs> That look doesn't exist. It doesn't exist in New York. You're going to get a much different look if you push every button on the elevator in the Empire State Building. But he walks into the office and the secretary's on the phone. I think it's Amy Sadler who plays that part. And and, and she's talking to her friend and she says, I don't know. I've never declawed kittens before. How many? Right? And the answer is eight. To which she says, just bring them by the camper this weekend. Now, (laughs) I don't know, Connie. I've never declawed kittens before. How many? Eight? I don't know if I'm going to have time. Well, all right, just bring them by the camper this week and I'll see what I can do. First of all, this woman works in the Empire State Building. Where is the camper? Okay, like, oh man, uh, there's no camper floating on the Hudson somewhere. She's from upstate, she takes the metro, and she's an executive assistant to the CEO of a publishing company. And her hobby on the side is that she declaws cats, (laughs) but that's pretty good, but apparently not kittens. And we just blow right past that. Like, I don't understand. How does that, that is fair. I want to know, was that in the script or did she just completely ad lib that? But it is incredible. (laughs) That is pretty hilarious. Plot hole discovered by Jason. (laughs) It's amazing. Okay, a couple of things I do like about this movie. I like the snowball scene. Oh yeah, when he and the, and his you know half brother you know they do that. I do think the theme of this, as far as music, I do love that melody. You know, it's very simple, but I, I enjoy the music. And the ending with the whole Santa sleigh in Central Park with the horses that are you know on the hunt and all that. Even if I get tired of Will's. I was going to say Will Smith because Nate incepted <laughs> that into my You're mind. You're never tired of Will Smith. I'm never tired of Will Smith. I'm watching a nature documentary with him right now. Uh, even if I get tired of Will Ferrell and don't believe stuff in this movie, the last 15 minutes as they are trying to get Santa's sleigh together, James Caan makes the turn to actually care about Buddy. Zoe Deschanel gets all these people to sing. I get misty at that scene for whatever reason. And uh, I do think that as far as a climax and an ending to a movie, I think they do that really good. I agree. And what I love about that scene is at the very beginning of the movie, Papa Elf takes Buddy into the room with Santa's sleigh. Yes. And he says, it's time to teach you your tinkers. What does he say? How, I don't. Oh, I'll, I play, I'll play the clip. Master tinker. Okay, I'll play yeah. the clip. Yeah. And so then he says, you're going to help me make it fly. 
and Buddy says, I thought the magical reindeer make it fly. And Papa Elf says, where did the reindeer get their magic from? And Buddy says, Christmas spirit. Everybody knows that. And I'm like, major foreshadowing, right? Like that mm. quick little thing sets up the entire point of the movie, which again, watching it 12 times, you get to see these things. And so it, I, <laughs> it's, I, like, I like it even more because I do feel like, and this is why I think it's the best Christmas movie, is if when you think about what is it that makes a Christmas movie, I think like objectively, Nate, you said if you just drop someone in who doesn't have any experience with Will Ferrell and they watched it, they'd probably love it because they wouldn't have any baggage of mm. Step Brothers, Anchorman. Yeah. <laughs> B- or anyone you know, who Rick appreciates 10-second long belches. That's, well, that's also true. a person who would love Which this. is everyone in my family. So <laughs> that's why we like this movie. Most boys under 10. Also, yes. <laughs> right. I have two of those. So, right. But if you think about it in terms of the things that make a good Christmas movie, it obviously has like that family aspect. It has the son and the dad. It ha- the And David Birnbaum wrote this film because he lost his dad at a very early age. And he grew up watching all these Christmas movies. Mm. And he just and that was like this nostalgia. And then he moved to California where it's not snowy, right? I don't know if people mm-hmm. know that, but in California, it doesn't get <laughs> snowy in the winter. So there's a there's, if Christmas. I used to live there for a while and Christmas feels very different. And so he wrote a Christmas movie that sort of combined all of those things. And I feel like on the criteria of things that make for a classic Christmas movie, I feel like this definitely checks all the boxes. It, I mean, just the fact that they, instead of using CGI, they used forced perspective for all of those elf scenes, yeah. which at that point had really the only other movie that had recently used that was Fellowship of the Rings, right? right. Which came out like two years before that. And so it was actually a big deal. John Favreau was like determined we are not using CGI. We're using stop motion animation because of all of the, you know, the rank and bass Christmas, yeah. you know, Rudolph the Red And we're going to use forced perspective. We're not going to, we want this movie to feel the same when someone watches it in 20 years. We don't want it to feel dated. And, mm. and so on those things, I feel like it, it checks all the boxes that, and then the fact that it's this whole personal, the dad, the relationship with the son. I have two of those. I also have two daughters, but it makes me think about like what really matters. And it's, I think entertaining as heck. You know, especially when you think of people like Bob Newhart and Peter Dinklage and James Caan all doing these things. So, well, that that sounded very much like a a final review. But Nate, what did you feel about the ending sequence? I okay, so (laughs) I enjoy the end of it. I enjoy. I mean, I finished this movie and thought, well, I know Zoe Deschanel has a an album that I would love to listen to her voice again. Yeah, Um, she really has a great voice. Yes, I have a couple concerns about christmas the christmas spirit or christmas cheer in this movie you have technical questions about an imaginary I have some thing? technical questions okay. i do have some technical questions so the, the clausometer it requires people to believe in santa but also i think it's mostly believe in santa and because it all goes up they sing uh santa claus is coming to town mm-hmm. not one of my favorite christmas things but are we to say that basically as long as the people in new york city are singing about Santa. That's the Christmas cheer. Or is the Christmas cheer... It's singing loud for all to hear, Nate. Yeah. You have to sing loud for all to hear. It was literally on the rule sign at the beginning of the movie. singing. (laughs) It's right there. Oh, my goodness, Nate. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Compare it to, for example, like an It's a Wonderful Life kind of thing which is very different uh, on the movie but like i love when christmas the christmas spirit and christmas cheer is really like really family based and really like selfless sacrificial like yeah exactly that sort of 
vibe. There is something about the believing in Santa part and singing, not necessarily these New Yorkers like caring for their fellow man, but more of like, man, I love Santa Claus is coming to town, the song, that at the end, there's a bit of a hollow ring to it. The the people that I really, like, I like James Caan coming around. Yeah. I think that is great. I still think he kind of comes across a little bit. His acting's a bit confused in it. I like his angry parts, but mm-hmm. I'm still, I'm, I'm not sure about that casting, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, but yeah, Ed Asner is great in this movie as santa oh yeah I love probably that. one of the better one of the better santa depictions i've seen in a movie yeah but i don't know there's something about the christmas cheer that's just so it's just about believing in santa nate of all the things to take issue with i feel like most other christmas movies do this hand wavy thing about christmas spirit and it's like you just if you feel good if you have warm fuzzies that's christmas spirit if you feel yeah. happy it's i mean yeah. and if you're singing loud for all to hear it uh, you know raises Park. your spirits you know, right. it doesn't matter what you're saying. Yeah. You're saying yeah. the hokey pokey. It gives him. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's enough to move the needle of Santa is the people <laughs> in New York City. All right. Well, people in L.A. Well, let's rate this movie on a scale of zero to five plates of M&M spaghetti. What would you give this movie? I mean, I feel like I'm already on record. I have to give it a five. A five. You're going to come on like, Mots for your very first appearance and give this Will Ferrell movie a five yeah. out of five. I, I, I feel like. If I've said it's, I mean, I've already staked my position. That <laughs> yeah, I I feel like it's, it's the your best favorite. One. It's your favorite, yeah. Right. So I'm not sure how I could give it anything less. That would be like, yeah, I don't know. What, would your kids also give it five out of five if you were to pull the family? I do think that they would, but they would probably give most Christmas movies a five. I mean, they love Home Alone, and they would give that a five out of five nails to the forehead. So mm-hmm. they love Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> nails to the forehead. <laughs> terrible uh, killing electrical shock to the hand (laughs) yeah exactly exactly five out of five okay i'm gonna say what makes a christmas movie is anna kendrick which is why noel is the best christmas movie but (laughs) i will say anna kendrick could play that role could play the zoe deschanel role that is true the anna kendrick of today if they did a remake now if they did a remake and anna kendrick played zoe deschanel's character they tried to get will ferrell back for a sequel in like 2013 or so and he turned it down He's like, no one wants to see uh, me back in tights again. Well, and what he really said is this movie was perfect the way it was. And he did the thing that everyone should do, which is leave well enough alone and not ruin it by realize that people were getting exhausted with him by the end of the movie they don't want another 90 minutes this is why the fact that we have three the santa clauses is it's terrible shape (laughs) so just left it alone the third one is the best but yes you're right whoa you can't turn next christmas season to talk about martin short Oh, Jack you cannot Frost. throw that Santa out. Santa Claus 3. In the last minutes of this episode. <laughs> Just because he gets married, he has this happily ever after, he has the baby. Jason, yeah. the original first, The Santa Claus, is the best one. It save is the it classic. For 2022. Okay, Christmas we'll save week. it. We'll we save cannot it. cannot talk about it. Anyway, I'm going to give this movie three plates of M&M spaghetti. The thing is, I don't look to watch this again. I think if my kids wanted to watch it, I would watch it with them because I know they'll laugh and they'll enjoy watching it again. But like, I would never personally say, let's watch Elf again. I would say, let's watch Home Alone again. Let's watch the Santa Claus. Let's watch Anna Kendrick, whatever, you know, those kind of classic Christmas movies from years ago. So like, I would never, so I would never actively choose to watch it, but I will watch it if it's on and 
I think part of it is the zeitgeist we've talked about before on the show. When something is so big in the cultural zeitgeist and like everyone just, you know, if I'm at a party and everyone's like, let's watch Elf, like, oh yeah, like I'm immediately gonna be like, no, let's not. Because so many of you want to see this so much, like I, this can't be right. It's just something morally wrong. You're a contrarian, a Christmas yeah, contrarian. Yeah, Christmas contrarian. But I'll, I'll give it three plates because Will Ferrell is funny. His physical comedy is good. I do find the ending heartwarming. So yeah, three out of five. Nate, what do you give this movie? Guys, I have to say, I'm going to give this movie two out of five. Oh my goodness. And, here, and here's, I can, I can admit, this movie is not my cup of tea. It's not your plate of spaghetti. I can also say that I have kind of, I think that Christmas Story, the movie, is highly overrated as well. So Agreed. it's just, Agreed. It's not my, it's not my cup of tea. This movie is not necessarily for me, but there may be a day when my child is at a certain age where he will absolutely love it, and I will probably return to this movie. But overall, I Will Ferrell in this role is like, I would love a 15-minute clip of different scenes from this movie and not necessarily go through the whole thing. Um, so yeah, I, I would say I'd recommend people to watch it. I think everyone should watch it once because I think it may very well be a lot of people's, including Jason and his whole family's cup of tea. It's just not mine. It's the world's best cup of tea. <laughs> the world's, you guys did it. Oh, the, Congratulations. The, their looks when he's saying that is pretty funny. <laughs> Nate, you are the only one of the three of us in this position to basically choose which Christmas movie your child is exposed to first. Right. I don't assume this will be number one. No. But could you could you name off the top of your head what Christmas movie you would subject your child to first? Yes. Currently, my son is 16 months old. I'll say a year and a half because I think after you say 16, I don't think you can go any higher in months. He's about a year and a half old. So I do think that next Christmas at yeah. year two and a half may be the intro to, in general, screen time. For sure. And I think I will start with the a Christmas old, no, the old claymation-y kind of oh, um, okay, okay. stop motion stuff. So I, right. I'm a big, yeah, I would do like the Frosty. Oh, I guess Frosty's not stop motion. The Rudolph. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Santa Claus is coming to town. All of that. Maybe okay. do, I'm not sure if the Grinch, the animated one, will be too The old one scary. or the new one? The old animated one, Boris Karloff. Mm. I'm not going to show my child the Jim Carrey Grinch until he's an adult. <laughs> you can choose to watch the Grinch on your own time. I'm not going to put that in his head. But the audacity, the unmitigated God. Oh, Christmas from coming. Wow. I would watch that one before Elf. <laughs> Personally. I do think, though, when your son is old enough, you need to show him Alf, and then you need to show him The Mandalorian and say the same guy made both of these. And watch <laughs> him just laugh at you. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, maybe I'll just show him the supercut of just like, here's here's a stunt double jumping off the couch into a giant tree. This is fun. Here is... <laughs> there's a guy hopping through a mattress store and here's bob newhart mm. all right that's the that's elf no no jason thank you so much for coming on the show today yes, if people would you. like to find you on the internet in the metaverse because that was our bonus episode topic <laughs> listeners you should listen well where should people find you well put on your vr goggles and then mm. go to twitter.com <laughs> the easiest place to find me on twitter it's just at jason Aiton, or i write for inc.com you can find all of my thoughts about plenty of them about the metaverse or 
other tech related topics. Very good. Well, thank you so much, Jason and listeners. Let us know if you love elf as much as Jason or dislike it as much as Nate and myself comment on our Instagram at movies on the side. If you'd like to listen to that bonus episode where Jason schools us on the metaverse, you can go to patreon.com slash movies on the side or support us directly in Apple podcast and you get access to all of our bonus episodes and as we always say, we elves try to stick to the four main food groups, candy, candy canes, candy corns, and syrup. You sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> okay, I did like you that. You smell scene. like beef and cheese. <laughs>